This is the Business Storytelling Show with Christoph Trapp. Name a top 20 storytelling podcast and a top 5% podcast globally. Christoph chats with thought leaders and experts to share tips and tricks that can help you tell your company's stories better to drive business results. Available wherever you listen to podcasts, live streamed on major social media channels, and part of the DB&A television network, available on most U.S. television sets and streaming on Roku and Amazon Fire. Here's Christoph with today's episode. Let's go. Let's go, business storytellers. Hey, how is everyone doing? Today, we want to talk about AI again. I think this might be the fourth episode talking about that topic. In the last couple months or so, we certainly had... um, Jim Lisinski, one of the authors of the AI Marketing Canvas, I'm covering up his name while I'm talking about him, on the show recently, and his co-author is coming on the show, I believe, in October, and then we had uh, at least one or one other one. But today, we want to talk about um, a marketing artificial intelligence conference and what's new in the field. And I got to be honest, my friends, this is kind of where the the journey started for me, because these guys over at uh, the Marketing Artificial Intelligence Conference, I'm going to throw up the the link here, Macon.ai. I don't know if that's how you pronounce it or not. That's how I would pronounce it. They kind of got me started thinking about AI more. And they had a conference, I don't know, two or three years ago, um, the year of AI for me, I guess, before I had the year of voice. Um, and I went out there, learned a lot of things about AI and, and connected with people. Um, so very interesting topic and certainly can make our lives easier. So today I'm joined by the Chief Content Officer, Mike Kaput at um, the Marketing Artificial Intelligence Conference. Mike, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Christoph. So kind of a recurring theme here for me, AI the last few months, but um Tell me what's new. And the reason I, I some people think that question is too broad. I didn't do my research, but I did. And the reason I'm asking that question is because when I went to your conference, whenever it was, was it what year was it? 2019 was the live version. And then we had to cancel in 2020. So two years ago. Yep. And th- there was actually a session that has still stuck with me. And the, the title was, is this AI? Is this AI? Is that AI? So there's like all this, like, I don't think people, there's a lot of confusion, right? I mean, would you agree or not? Oh, 100%. I would say that confusion is the word of the day when it comes to AI, usually, both in marketing and generally in business and in the world. So what, give us an update. What has changed? How how has it evolved in the last couple of years? And and what do people, uh, what do people need to be aware of? It's a great question. I think in the last few years, AI is really coming into its own, in our opinion. Now, you know, we'll talk more about this, but AI is really kind of an umbrella term for a lot of different technologies, all of which have this capacity to get smarter on their own. And we'll get into what some of those things mean, I bet, over the course of this discussion. But in AI generally as a field, especially as it relates to marketing, we're really seeing versus three years ago, we would talk to marketers and many of them would uh, kind of give us blank looks. Not They were afraid of AI. They didn't understand it. Um, maybe they'd heard a few things about it, but just kind of dismissed it as sci-fi or as some technology they didn't need to think about. And I think um, over the last few years, we've really gotten many, many more people 
bought in and understanding that this is technology they need to pay attention to. And while I would certainly say many people are still pretty confused about technology generally, I think that the biggest change in the last few years is that marketing has finally realized that they need to wake up and start paying attention to these tools, to the technology behind them, and start understanding how it works so that they can start using it in their brands and their businesses. Makes sense to me. And, you know, like these guys in their book, I mean, they walk and I think Jim is talking, is speaking at this year's conference. Yep. Right. I mean, they're very strategic. This is kind of the framework you have to come up with and, and whatever. Um, but how how do I think about it? So, right. So I'm a content strategist. Right. I mean, that's probably what I would identify with the most. Certainly, I want to use machine learning. Certainly, I want to use AI. Like I always I, I find it so fascinating when I can, you know, test a tool or I, I know people don't like us calling software tools, but, you know, a software platform that allows me to to write an article, right, without even writing it, you know, like their system does it. But but how do I expand into that? I mean, do I have to become uh, an AI expert or is that more the marketing ops folks that should be worried about that? Yeah, that's a good question. So there's a few areas you can go down, a few paths you can go down here. So First off, if you're a marketer, content marketer, any type of marketing strategist or practitioner, you do not need to know computer science, you do not need to know how to code, and you do not need a background in machine learning or machine learning, be a machine learning engineer to start using this stuff. That's kind of a big thing that we try to help people get over uh, right out of the gate. What you do need to do is start thinking about practical use cases in your business, because like any other technology, AI is a tool, it's software, it's platforms that can help you do things in a smarter way. So to start, how do you get into this? Um, I actually strongly believe it starts with business problems and use cases before you even get into what AI is and what it can do. So I would start by looking at what are your most painful business problems at the moment? Uh, what are the things that take you the largest amount of time to do? What are the things you don't like doing or that are repetitive and mundane? There's a very good chance that AI tools and technology exist that can help you do those things better and at scale and in a much smarter way than your traditional, um, say, automation software. So I would start very uh, briefly with just saying, writing down, like, what are all these things you're doing in a day that you don't want to be doing? Forget before you even get to AI. Let's start with your business, your career, and your daily responsibilities. And then from there, you can actually back into, okay, let me start looking at how AI can actually help with some of these things. And once you get to that, where you say, okay, you know, I spend a huge amount of time writing, say, blog posts. Can AI help me do this better? Oh, it looks like there actually are a handful of interesting looking artificial intelligence tools that can either help me brainstorm blog topics, uh, write content automatically, uh, write content to rank better, uh, come up with ideas, titles, uh, section headings, now you're kind of off to the races. And before you've even gotten into anything in the weeds with artificial intelligence, you're starting to say, okay, I've got a series of steps that I want to achieve 
It looks like AI can do that. Now is the time for me to start understanding the ins and outs of the technology. So it's almost a little counterintuitive, but we kind of talk to people about backing into AI versus diving in and understanding every single thing about artificial intelligence before you begin. Well, understanding everything about anything, I don't think that's possible anymore anyways, right? I mean, it's like so much stuff going on. So, all right, let me ask you this. Like, I 100% agree, and that's usually what I try to do anyways. You know, what's my problem? How do I fix it? What are the tools? Whatever. But how do people know that they have a problem? So I'll give you an example, maybe, maybe two examples. So when people can't sleep or when people don't get enough rest, right? Like, a lot of times that happens because they're on their phones in bed. And so actually, you know, when you talk to healthcare professionals, they say there's only two things you're supposed to do in bed. One is sex, one is sleep. You know, it's being on your phone is not in there. So um, same with processes. I mean, I've worked with content teams who were, they were using horrible processes, horrible. Like think 15 years ago, they were outdated, but they didn't even realize that they had a problem. Right. So how do they and then when you said I'm now being a little snarky for a second, but when you said, look at the stuff you do and that you don't want to do, I'm like, well, can AI go to meetings for me? Now <laughs> I don't have that many meetings, but but I know a lot of people have meeting and meeting and meeting and meeting and meeting. You know, so I I, I I'm I'm guessing it does it can't. But even though have you seen this totally off topic, but have you seen like you can do like those zoom videos, like it looks like you're sitting there and nodding your head. Yeah. So maybe AI can learn how to make that more interactive um, when somebody calls on you. I don't know. But in all seriousness, how do people know what their problem is? How do you notice? Do you see what I mean? I think that's yeah. a very hard problem. I think it's a hard problem in AI and outside of it, frankly. I mean, we work with uh, clients every day as part of our sister marketing agency, PR 2020, um, helping them do uh, digital marketing of all types. And before you even get into AI, it's really hard to sit down and help someone understand that like there's a problem here and there's a better way. So first, uh, that's literally the whole reason uh, the Marketing AI Conference exists, Marketing AI Institute, which is the company that puts on the conference. That's our reason for being is there's a big education gap between what, uh, how the market is changing, how brands need to change with it, and what people are actually identifying as problems worth addressing in their own organizations. So long story short, I'd say one, uh, there's a huge amount of education needed that we're trying to fill uh, that gap. Two, it is on, uh, there is some responsibility on individual marketers to say, okay, uh, you know, for my own career sake, you know, we, we can talk all day about how fast the markets are moving, how fast technological improvements are changing careers, jobs, livelihoods, um, how fast marketing itself is changing. We all know that. There is a level of individual responsibility on us, too, as marketers to say, all right, coming to work today, it's kind of my job to maybe figure out a smarter, better way to do what we've always done. But beyond that, I think you're going to see a lot of this driven from the C-suite because there are many, many executives that we talk to uh, almost daily that are very quickly waking up to the fact that some of their competitors who are successfully deploying artificial intelligence, and it's still the um, early adopters and forward-thinking brands, 
they are making strides that are impossible with human teams alone. And so you have executives that are waking up to the fact that, oh my God, if we don't figure this out, we're going to be sunk. And your competitors, there's at least one of them, I guarantee you, that are already using these technologies at a high level to do things that were previously thought impossible or that didn't scale. And they're doing it at scale cost effectively. So I think over time, market forces are really going to be what drive some pressure here. And so if you are an individual practitioner within your organization, kind of saying to yourself, well, this is the way we've always done it. Uh, why change now? It seems to work fine. I don't really care. You're going to have to care if you don't start choosing to care is really the answer that I would give to that question is it's either you are going to have to be proactive in your own career to kind of upscale and adapt or these are going to be top-down changes eventually. And I personally, I don't know about you, I'd probably prefer to do the first one and be a little more in control of my own destiny. Yeah, I always prefer that myself as well. So so there's different levels, right, of um, how much you have to know about AI. So for example, I can run and I can design an email strategy, a cadence, all the stuff that you need to know to run one, right? Based on what I know, based on what I would like to test. I probably shouldn't be the person who sets it up in Marketo, hmm. quite frankly, but I know how to do it, right? So is it the same? So what I'm saying is, right, there is a strategic level and then there is, let's call them, don't at me, marketing ops friends. I know you're strategic, but marketing ops, right? right. Who, who does the work. Um, or does the strategy and, and runs with it. So is there a same kind of setup in AI? Like you need, here's the strategy, here's the implementation, here's whatever. Like, how does that look? Yeah, absolutely. I would say it's like your typical marketing ops and marketing tech on steroids in the sense that, especially at a larger organization, you're going to have business leaders who are in charge of figuring out the strategic direction of how to make AI investments, what projects to pursue, um, frankly, what data and what organizational changes need to be made to actually enable AI. And then especially, again, at big organizations, you're going to have teams that are going to have to be in charge of figuring out how to implement these strategic plans. So at a large organization, you're very likely going to have uh, some of those machine learning engineers or data scientists or even just programmers who have learned a bit more about how to deploy AI and machine learning. So on the technical side, there's going to be people required for implementation. On the marketing side, even sort of the non-programmer folks, you're going to also have to implement some of these tools and strategies and the data that is acquired through them, you're going to have to deploy those in your own marketing campaigns. So I'm going to see it as kind of marketing implementation, uh, for lack of a better phrase, IT implementation, and then business strategy um, being their own areas. Now, I would say from my own experience at a much smaller company, you can wear many hats. I mean, it depends on the tool. So I'm you know, intimately involved in figuring out RAI strategy as an organization, but there's plenty of, uh, especially content marketing tools that I can just fire up with, you know, pull out my credit card, register for a month of use and start using it to try to make our processes and our activities 
a lot more efficient and effective. So it's a little bit of both, and it probably depends much more on the organization size. Well, I mean, it also depends on, you know, where you are in the process, right? I mean, there's some tools, as you said, you can get out your credit card, and I've done that before, and they help me to get to a certain point sometimes. But if I want to scale, I mean, when Scott Brinker was on the show, we talked about that at length, right? At some point, you probably need some kind of enterprise system of yeah. some sort. I mean, you you know, you can you can push it as far as you can. So I know people are always worried about you know jobs being replaced, people losing their jobs and whatnot. And so I'd like to hear your opinion on that when it comes to AI. Now, when it comes to let's say email marketing, I don't think it's it's killed any jobs that the emails get sent automatically on a cadence right. because it's actually, I would argue, it's actually more complicated because you want to send on the right cadence. You want to make sure it's the wording works. You want to test it. You want to see how people react. So that might actually take more time than what the pushing the send button previously did. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, so how does that look in AI? Yeah, that's a good question. It's kind of like the the trillion dollar question that I think a lot of businesses and commentators um, like to make wild proclamations about. So I guess you can quote me later if I'm wrong on this, which I very well could be. But I tend to be maybe naively optimistic about it. I, I don't think the doom and gloom around AI automating marketing jobs specifically is, I think it's overblown. Um, and the reason I think that is, plays into what you said, which is these tools generally are either completely automating away narrow tasks. Like let's say, for instance, you used an AI tool to write really, really effective subject lines. Like there's a very small chance that there's someone whose job at your organization is email subject line writer, you know? So that person, whoever does that, whether it's a copywriter, an email marketer, a general marketing manager, they're automating that task so they can do other tasks. And I haven't yet met a single marketer so far in my career, it could happen, that has like tons of time. So I think we're often, when we talk about the automation piece of it, we're automating or taking off people's plates things that they probably don't have time to do well anyway. And the rest of it we see as kind of augmentation. I mean, to your point, there's the humans are not being removed from the email marketing process ever. I mean, we may use AI to write better subject lines and get better results. That's going to then empower, for instance, our email marketing team to come up with better segmentation, better campaign ideas, uh, expand what we're doing, scale what we're doing. I actually think it will open up far more opportunities then it restricts. And I, I do see it as truly um, a partnership between human and machine. And that's how so far we approach it in our own organization, in our own work. Like it has not far from, uh, you know, taking away my job or someone else's job here at our organization. It just allows us to do more cool things and have more time for them. Now, when I talked before about kind of marketers taking control of their career and that top-down change, you know, forcing them to evolve, I do think AI will evolve marketing jobs. I think you would be, it wouldn't be smart to look at your next 10 years of your career and say, I'm going to stick my head in the sand and not learn about any of this stuff. That may damage your career prospects because the market is changing. Marketing is changing. So 
like anything else, it'd be like if you said, you know, I refuse to learn about this thing called the internet in as a marketer. Like, obviously, you're not going to have as many career opportunities as someone that has really mastered some of these technologies. So from that perspective, I think there's career change coming in what being a marketer requires and looks like. I don't think AI specifically is going to just eviscerate marketing jobs. You know, I, I think it's always uh, when, when people ask that or say that, I think what they really mean is, is it going to get rid of my job specifically? Yeah. And, you know, just how things have changed anyway. I mean, I think about writing. When I first started writing, it was all gut feeling. It was all, I'm reading your stuff. And if, if, if it looks good to me, it's good, right? And today, every time I create any content, I mean, first of all, I know what I'm trying to write about based on what I know, right? What are people searching for, blah, 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 all that typical stuff. And then, I mean, I'm writing against the machine, right? Yep. The machine tells me, um, yep, your readability is good. No, you are 0.2% over uh, the passive voice requirement or whatever. Um, you know, so my point is that didn't exist yep. when I first started writing and I just adjusted and I don't argue, you know, if, if, if the website tells me I'm, I have too many long sentences, it's right. I do. Like, why would I argue? Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yes, they, we don't need to win the championship of run on sentences. So, so how do people learn? I mean, give us some of the topics that, that will be covered at, um, at the conference and, and how do people dive in? What's the, you know, you know, how, how do, how do people make sure um, their career keeps evolving with technology? It's a great question. So especially in terms of kind of marketing AI conference, we intentionally have kind of structured our agenda to address those ideas, to really have this be a gateway into having marketing leaders that attend the conference get it immediately and understand, okay, here's what the opportunity is ahead, here are the changes coming, and here's what I need to do. And I think actually like intentionally have kind of structured the very first keynote on day one on September 13th is from our CEO, Paul Ratzer, and it's called The Artificially Intelligent Enterprise, How to Grow Smarter with AI. And I have previewed Paul's talk, and I can tell you it is a all-encompassing framework for how you can quickly understand as a business leader, as a marketer, what AI is, uh, why it is going to change how you work, and most importantly, a framework for thinking about your AI investments, your both individually in your career and in your organization, and how to start deploying these tools in your career and in your company. So that is one where I would say it's intentionally structured to kick off the entire conference by getting everyone on the same page with the same framework to begin working with artificial intelligence. And from there, we have a number of different breakout sessions that talk about AI in different areas of marketing, of business decision making. You know, there is AI for CMOs, which uh, Jim, who you mentioned, is actually on the panel for. So how marketing leaders are transforming talent, tech and strategy. So, again, looking from a leadership perspective at how your your company is going to have to change as a result of AI. I think that's really important on day one up front to start having conversations like that so that people understand, oh, okay, now as I dive deeper into some more granular content about AI for content marketing or use cases or AI for decision-making, 
it's like a smaller but important piece to this overall framework and vision that has been established in the first few sessions of our conference. And um, that's great to hear. And when, when it comes to content creation or content anything, what what does the future hold there? And I think the uh, I think I was introduced to them actually at the the 2019 conference Raza.io. So they've they've been on the show um, at least once, maybe twice even. Um, you know, and I think that's interesting, right? I mean, like, how do you pull the different pieces of content into your newsletter um, and 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 curate at a new level? Now that's the curation, but how about the creation, right? I mean. I'm I'm a writer. I mean, you're gonna I'm I'm gonna die on this hill that <laughs> yes, there is something, there's some value in me doing something, right? But how can AI in the last couple minutes here or so, how can AI help me be even better drive content performance? That's a great question. I'm coming from the same perspective, Christoph. I started out as a journalist before getting into marketing. Writing has always been kind of my core skill and passion and love. So I am living this. And to answer your question, I've had to adapt my skills. Like you talked about, going from just gut feel to having a machine kind of uh, rating my content to now we're getting to this area where machines are creating content for you. And we've done some experiments where there are AI tools that will actually write original content in short form uh, format. Think like, you know, 200, 300, 400 words uh, that is completely clear and accurate. Now, I am actively using these tools as a writer to fill in gaps in my own writing, to follow my larger content strategy, and to do more with the limited resources I have. So I would actually argue that in my case, and from what I've seen, I get to do more of the writing I like. Instead of having to do kind of, you know, relatively, in my opinion, boring kind of fact checking, uh, just pulling basic facts and trying to like fill in some gaps, in an article, I get to sit back and spend more time doing what I think makes writing great, which is clear writing comes from clear thinking. I get to do more research, more clarity of thought around the pieces I create, and then actually um, spend more time on the things a machine can't write. I truly, even though writing AI for writing is progressing so far, I truly think we're at a point where it's going to be a human and machine partnership. It is not going to replace the need for really smart human writing backed by really smart human thinking. Clear writing comes from clear research. Is that what you said? Clear research? Clear, writing, no, no. research, clear research and just clarity of thought. Clarity of thought and also clarity of material, you know, mm -hmm. and this is maybe the journalist in me because if <laughs> you're the expert. I'm not the expert. I'm just the interviewer, right? Like, tell me about it. So if you guys aren't talking to your experts, good luck figuring it out. Right. Check out the conference, uh, Marketing Artificial Intelligence Conference coming up here. Uh, and I'm sure there'll probably be future um, versions as well. Hopefully at some point again in person. Mike, it was good to, good to see you. And thanks for joining us. Christoph, thanks so much for having me. That's a wrap. Thanks for tuning in. Please rate and review our show on your favorite podcast channels. And don't forget to share this episode with your networks. We appreciate you. Until next time, let the best stories win. Hello. Hi. Are you still there? I have a special offer for you. Thanks for listening all the way to the end. 
my going live book is now available on amazon.com and if you're in the united states i'm happy to send you a signed copy which you can order at paypal.me forward slash c t r a p p e c t r a p p e forward slash 12 thanks for your interest if you're not in the united states i can't send you a signed copy but of course you can order on amazon.com